What was so soul shattering was that these people who I love dearly, you know, I've spent years with people, that they would take the part of me that was my darkest, darkest part that I felt so ashamed of. I wasn't proud. And that's how they would define me. They would take that little tiny part that I felt so ashamed about. And that's who I became for them. Intimate, inspiring, raw, real. Self-love stripped down and amped up. Welcome to Bed Talks, the podcast with your hosts, Sabrina and Meg. Bed Talks is fueled by our mission to use our voices and share no bullshit stories to heal, connect, and empower. We're here to highlight all facets of what it means to be a woman, letting go of ideals of perfectionism and embracing the struggles for the lessons they teach us. We get real and vulnerable with each other and our guests to inspire you to own your journey, embody your worth, and step into your power. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive deep. On today's episode, honestly, guys, shit goes down. This was really, really, really healing for me. And I go into shining light on my shadows, which I think was a concept to me that I thought I understood and talked about. But until we chatted about all my shit here today, I realized that I was not going there. And so this was a very healing episode for me about identity and how I've always suffered with how other people have taken my shadow and used that to tell me who I was. Yep. This is an episode about shame stories and how we've let certain things from our past define us in our present and our future and how by speaking and using our voices, we can release ourselves from those shackles. Tune in. It means so much that you're part of this journey for us. I know you're there with us. Laughs, tears, enjoy. Love you guys. Mm. (laughs) Brought to you by coffee. (laughs) So I did the whole wake up at 4 a.m. mind racing last night. Mine was 5.55. Okay, girl. I set my alarm for 5.55 because I wanted to just like bring that in for today. And I woke up at four and like, bing. And isn't it so impressive how many thoughts the mind can think? You're like, who are you? Who are you? There's a lot going on these days. (laughs) Get the phone out. I'm writing my notes. I'm just like, it's all good stuff. But like 4 a.m. And, you know, I was talking to my sister last night and her little girl wakes up at 4 a.m. and is like, ready to party. And I'm like, she did this to me. Yeah. (laughs) And these both these numbers are very powerful. 4 a.m. and 555. It's uh, So tell me about your 555 <laughs> five, five wake well, up. Well, I don't know. And it's funny because I've been waking up at 444, 555. Mm-hmm. And so in numerology, when you have numbers that keep repeating, it's basically like your spirit guides trying to send you messages, right? So I looked up 555 five, five, and it's the number of grace, unity, that you're on the... R- like, all these are all, like, mm. messages that you're on the right track, but it's it's a number of transformation as well mm. and that you're going in the right direction, so... I know that we've been seriously feeling January 2020. Yes. There's... It's, so it's, it's like, it's this relationship, and you want to say, like, January 2020 is bringing it, but you're... It's what you're putting into January 2020. Yeah. And even in terms of astrology, I was just, my friend was just telling me about how uh, because of Aquarius season and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. it's actually only really getting started like now with this new moon. It's almost like January has been this like preemptive like start. So I feel like we've both been really feeling that. Like I took a, a week off Instagram to sort of turn in and reconnect to myself. So I felt like, I had to do that before I could really launch and put myself out there in the new way that I want to with my business. Which is? Oh, gosh, so much. So I changed my Instagram handle, which felt incredible, honestly. Like, so now I have my new alter ego, Gravity Rose, and it's a name I've been sitting on for a couple of years that I've been thinking about 
just came to me one day and I was like, yes, this feels like it's more representative of the new direction that I'm going in. And Alice Cass, she served her purpose, you know, she, she, but I felt like for a while now, I felt like I was hiding behind her and I, it wasn't truly me. And now I'm finally embarking on this new, more spiritual journey, I think, and like publicly, whereas before I think we all have kind of like fears about putting that side of ourselves out there because it can often be misunderstood and misinterpreted. But now my whole mission is really to bridge that gap between the spiritual and the sensual. So I'm launching a new platform called Oracle Sisterhood, which is an empowerment platform with online workshops. So I'm super excited and this is all happening and I finally felt ready after taking a week off just to like turn in. And you know what though, I'm sure that you had some sense of responsibility to your, your many followers and community as Alice Cass and you had that relationship with Alice Cass, but Alice Cass also had a relationship with others and with the public. And so it was like this whole relationship dynamic. And when you're ready to transition into the next step, you know, sometimes that other partner is not. And, you know, I'm just imagining this whole kind of storm within yourself, within Alice Cass, within um, your followers and your community. And so that's three pieces of this relationship for this divine storm that, you know, that are coexisting. And I know that when you move on, you you leave something behind. Yeah, that's what it, it really is what it feels like. Yeah. And it feels like there is a lot of energy involved there, like different energies, different feelings around it. Because of course, part of me is a little bit sad. You know, mm-hmm. it's like she's been, sure. she, it's been my identity for five years. Speaking of yeah. identity, um, you know, I really, I really learned so much through that. And I've connected with so many people through that. But the thing that happened was with the whole Instagram, when they shut me down, uh, for they still haven't said why that would happen, but somebody probably reported for sexual content or something like that. Um, when that happened, the response from the community was so, ah, uh, it was so intense. You know, people really stood behind the message and I understood that it really is about the message more so than the actual lingerie or the store. You know, people really connected to what I was trying to put out there in terms of self-love, empowerment, being authentic. And I, I found comfort and inspiration in that because I realized that I can, that there's people that, that I'm connected to on a deeper level and it's not just, it's not just a store, you know, it wasn't just that and that it made me feel super ready to kind of embark and fully jump into this new thing. So it's been since the fall that I've been, okay, I'm ready. And then I was pulling cards and the cards were telling me, yes, this is it. This is the direction you need to go in and share that. So it's, it's powerful and to take that to take that risk. And it relates to this little (laughs) video I saw with Will Smith last week or whatever on the Metro. Maybe it was after breath work, you know, very, again, January has been very intentional for me, even the way that I brought in the new year, very intentional. And it's really fun to like ride this intentional wave. And so listening to Will Smith, he's all motivating and, you know, he's just like pursuing your dreams is going to be lonely. And you kind of need to hear that sometimes. You kind of need to hear like, okay, this person isn't going to catch me. That person isn't going to give me the advice I absolutely need. You kind of have to do it for you and trust you. And then by doing that, you're building self-trust. You're building self-trust, which is so powerful in terms of trusting others and having trusting relationships with either a romantic partner or your whoever Mm -hmm. it is that you're inviting in. But, you know, kind of following your dreams and then riding it out even on your own, even if you fall flat. And so he was just going on about how it's lonely, it's scary, and no one can give you that, you know, advice for you. You got to live your life. And, um, and it's so funny because the next day, um, I, I kind of took a, I committed to a leap of faith and that might seem insignificant, 
but what it represents is significant. And it's kind of so fun that we're <laughs> on this little moment together <laughs> in our own way. Um, and um, I've been teaching a class for many, 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 many years, almost since, you know, a studio opened after my friend passed her class down to me when I first started teaching eccentrics and two classes on Saturday mornings. And it's been incredible, but we're talking like maybe seven years or so. I'm so bad with time, but you know, a lot of Saturdays and the community is amazing. And I also mm -hmm. felt that responsibility to the community. It felt so great to be part of people's Saturdays, you know, Saturday morning, start your weekend, wake up from bed and let's do this. Let's move together. And it really felt like, you know, it was for me, it was so much more than a class. <laughs> like you're saying, you know, mm. it's, it was so much more than a class. It was time. It was energy. I, it was motivating. It was powerful. I had to figure out also how to drop my shit if I was feeling like shit and bring it for the people. And I remember going through heartbreaks being like, just don't cry, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, because sometimes in this class there's soft songs and I'm like, just don't, <laughs> just don't, you know, but <laughs> There's like that cusp of tears happening um, and then also supporting people's emotions and tears. So it's been really incredible for so many years, but I've realized that now to, to commit to projects and communities and ideas that I have and that we have, I kind of need that chunk of time, you know, because it's a big chunk of time and just a couple other things that we're starting to feel sticky with that location and just like that commitment. So I, you know, I, I committed that morning in my mind. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave. I, 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 I'm going to bow out. And then it's crazy. It, yeah. It's taking that time for yourself and making that decision to honor where you're going. Trusting that bigger trusting. picture. Yeah. You so, touched on so much interesting stuff there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I left my, my building and right outside the door was $5. Oh my God. Five again. Right. <laughs> oh. And you know, and it was a, you know, there was a, obviously I was getting paid for these classes. So, you know, that was a little pull. And it, even though mm -hmm. it's not like, whoa, so much, it was still like, yeah. okay, it's I like haven't like, safety net you know, it sense. was safety. Yeah. And, um, and so I found that and I was like, okay, there's, there's no looking back, Yeah. but you need to be open to those signs. But I love how taking those leaps of faith will, will help you trust yourself and not even to say all the time, oh my gosh, it's going to go exactly as planned, but then you're going to figure out the way to pick yourself up yeah. and learn from that. And that's so significant to then apply to other relationships. Yeah. And I, I love that, the, the topic of trust. I mean, it's, it's getting into this ability to be able to be alone and trust ourselves and through those experiences where you have to take that leap you have to take that jump and you're the only one there to catch you and you might feel alone and scared and this whole Will Smith quote I love it um, sometimes you really do need those reminders and it's funny because this topic really makes me think about that identity of you know we've, we've spoken about this before aloneness versus loneliness and being able to stand in that and I think the one of the big benefits of being alone a lot of the time you know we always talk about this being the perpetually single women um how much trust you end up developing in yourself or how that's the inevitable outcome at, at one point when you spend so much time with yourself you know and getting to know yourself. So I think that a lot of people I'm, sell themselves short at the, to, to just be with a partner. Mm -hmm. A lot of people sell themselves short to just be with somebody. And so that alone is so powerful as a reflection of not just, okay, social pressures or family pressures or maybe even religion, whatever, you name it, the reason that you're with somebody, but the, pa the human nature, the deeply rooted human nature of connection. And so you're thinking, okay, I'm going to sell myself short. I'm going to swallow my pride or do this or kind of be this little other version of myself to be with this person because connection, connection, connection. But meanwhile, as you're doing that, you are, you are going further away from connecting with yourself at the cost of connecting 
yeah. on a surface level, but it might even feel deep, right? That's the, that's the tricky thing about our brain and our nature and our subconscious is that sometimes you can really feel like you believe something until you take the time to peel it back. You mm-hmm. think you're cool with something and then you're like, holy shit. Yeah, I think that's also a matter of like, we don't take our time to gauge how we feel. Like I'm in this whole thing right now where I'm like consciously dating <laughs> and I'm taking my time to tap into how my body feels and I've never really done this, you know? So it's... Built that self-trust. Built that self-trust and now what? I'm 33 and it's like the first time I'm actually like engaging how I feel as the process is unfolding without jumping into something or or having sex right away or doing any of those things because you feel like it's the thing to do, you know, or jumping into a relationship. Not that I've ever done that, but, you know, I feel like that's that's what happens. Um, it's so funny. I woke up at 5.55 and I think like there's been things going on, like especially last night, I've been thinking about this episode, right? Mm-hmm. And like what we're going to talk about because we wanted to talk about our identities, our relationship identities yeah. and the stories that we've been kind of holding on to about ourselves and uh, how that's defined us. Because I think one of the big things for women is that we feel, whether consciously or unconsciously, that our worth is somehow derived from this idea of being in a couple or like we have more value as a woman if we're partnered up. And this has been something that, you know, especially being in the lingerie industry, I'm constantly, uh, you know, I have these conversations with women women about relationships, about lingerie in the context of a relationship or, or as a single woman. So this is a topic that has been very prominent in my life. And I think last night I was, I was reflecting, I was looking at old journal entries as we had discussed and just, oof, I think it's been, it's been a lot. And I've never actually talked about this, I realized. And that's what really was coming up was a lot of shame around these stories. Um, around being, well, single, single forever, always, and never actually ever having been in a real intimate relationship Mm. in or having a boyfriend in the classic sense of the word Mm. um I've had relationships but they were with people who had substance abuse problems Mm. or they were you know very narcissistic so it was never emotion there's never emotional intimacy it's like at, at the end of the day let's all get real for sure most of us would think what's wrong with me yeah what's what's wrong with me yeah that was that was my 20s right mm-hmm. like I would see all these people in relationships you know like Valentine's Day you're like oh everyone's coupled up even if it's like a whatever stupid holiday no one takes it that seriously it's still like a reminder like hey here I am again single again and there's this idea as a woman of, of feeling like a little bit defective like why can't I experience this you know this very normal thing that everyone does so naturally and for some reason I, it's just not happening for me and it just doesn't happen for me and I don't understand it. And also just being in the business that I'm in, I, I realized that I had a lot of shame around it and I've always been a girl's girl, right? I'm always like very comfortable. I've never really compared myself to women that much. Like I've always loved being around women, having female friends. And this was the only place where I found myself comparing myself Um, and feeling fear of judgment from women. Like I would have clients and they would be very open about the relationships and this, that. And I was always really scared that I'd be found out, you know, that it would be like, oh, like what does this girl know about, about like sensuality and sexuality if she's never been in a relationship? Like how could she talk about this stuff? How, you know, because my, my belief based on like our society was that to express your sens- sexuality or sensuality, it, it only happened in relation to a man and not on our own. And that was sort of through my business. I started exploring that as an independent person to kind of harness that energy and understand sexual energy in a different way than our society kind of tells us. But for so long, there was this like fear, this shame around it. And the funny thing is, after reading my journal, I realized I had been reflecting back on 
my dating experiences, my, my experiences with men, and even my first kiss, I realized at 15 years old, I felt really late. It was super, like, I felt super delayed. So I had already shame around that. And the boy was older than me. And he even asked me, he was like, is this the first time you kissed someone? And I was like, no. For sure. No. <laughs> so my first experience was shame. <laughs> it was shame, like, right off the bat. You too, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Are you going to share? <laughs> I'll let you finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. My shame stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucked up because like that was like how it started, right? So I always had this attitude of playing it tough, playing it cool. Like, no, I don't have any feelings. I got this, you know? Um, and uh And it was wired. It was it's wired. Like, dee, 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 dee. Well, yeah, I also like, you know, my dad planted at a very young age in my head, men only want one thing. So I had this belief that men only wanted one thing and that that's all I had to offer them and that's all they had to offer me. So even my first sexual experience was, oh God, it was crazy. It was really like it was this, I, I was hanging out with the, this guy, my friend group and this band of dudes and we would just go to their shows and I would just get drunk, make out with the guy. And then one day I was like, I just wanted to have sex and get it over with. So we had sex and a week later he had a girlfriend and I was kind of like replaced and like kicked out a bit of the friend group because like she was hanging out there now and I was just not part of it anymore. And this was, I realized a pattern that I, that kept happening to me. So I kept being replaced um, by another woman who was in her power, who demanded a relationship, who was able to open up her heart to someone. Whereas me being in my masculine, being afraid, being just like, yeah, 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 I'm cool. I got this. I don't have any feelings. I never was able to be in a relationship. And I think that's pretty much why I kind of felt so much fear because, oh my God, reading this journal thing, I, I finally like understood myself so much. It's, I was, I had my whole life a fear of not being able to play the role of woman to a man. And that's what it was. And that's the pattern that I kept doing. It was like, oh, it was never enough. Like nothing I was was enough as a woman. And then I built up this huge fear. So that was like, that was a big revelation. Like this podcast, <laughs> like us deciding to talk about this was really like sort of healing for me mm. in that sense, because I started to understand some of my patterns that I hadn't really understood in the past. Oh God, girl, so much there. On one little note, I... This morning, um, I saw Lizzo post that I reshared, and I'll just tell you what it says. She said, as a black woman, I make music for people from an experience that is from a black woman. I'm making music that hopefully makes other people feel good and helps me discover self-love. Mm. And I was just like, yes, mommy, this is what we're all about. And I know that we're kind of scared about going there and that this podcast is a vehicle for us that will help others. And you know that sometimes I feel self-conscious or like, oh, it's all about me if I tell my story. But really, it's just speaking our truth from our perspective and having this podcast be part of our self-love journey and inspiring others to do the same, however they do it. And now, so my gosh, girl, ah, so much to say. One, I brought this book today with me, The Gifts of Imperfection mm, by I Brene Brown. Yes, yeah, so good. Do you see all my post-its? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so a lot of post-its here. I read this maybe about three years ago. And at that time, I... God, this was the book for me. And I opened it up and I just bawled my eyes out. Even this is before the pages even start. And she wrote, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. And then the thing that really just made me like, oh my gosh, once you see a pattern, you can't unsee it. Trust me, I've tried. And my... My, I have also developed a pattern that I held a lot of shame around. And my first experience <laughs> was wired by that. And my first experience, like, like you, 
late bloomer, just not, you know, I wasn't interested in guys. I went to a co-ed high school. Like, I was cool, friend circle, had guys, but, you know, I wasn't like, ooh, that guy's for me, you know, I like braces, saxophone, I don't know, I got other <laughs> things to worry about here. Um, and uh, and my first experience, you know, little, little make-out kiss with a friend of mine and you know, was like, whoa, okay, how did that happen? And a couple months later, maybe two months later, went to a party and kind of hooked up with another guy. And not, not, no, no sex anywhere, but, um, you know, went a little further with that guy at the party than I had with my current boyfriend. Mm. Um beer involved, drinking involved, you know, as soon as someone's parents were out of town, you're like, woo, house party. Um, Dr. Dre, like chronic <laughs> album, you know, like fucking yes. that's, that album was significant. And, uh, and so that happened and it was just like, whoa. So substance involved, um, hooking up with another guy uh, right before that party I had emailed this is like when email started you know hotmail and uh, I had written to my my boyfriend like I we need to talk because I just wasn't feeling it I wasn't yeah. feeling connected I you know high school you're like I don't know why I'm in here it was my friend like they call your house right no cell phones and you're like tell, them, I, so tell them I'm doing my homework like you don't even want to talk to them and you're like why am I even in this relationship what the heck is this and that's what a relationship is for you like that's your first relationship where you're telling your mom to tell your boyfriend that you're vacuuming or doing the home your homework and like avoiding all oh my god for valentine's actually he gave me a rose and i like shoved it in my locker i was so embarrassed i had and then, the same experience and then i made him a card during economics <laughs> class i think i've even mentioned this yes. before because i remember that uh. anyway so so this is my first experience this guy thing goes down at the party. I don't even get the chance to tell him. My friend tells him. Oof. And I say that with air quotes. Yeah, my friend tells friend. him. <laughs> and, uh, and so then he barges into my home where I live with my parents and my sisters. And he barges in and just starts screaming at me at the top of his lungs. He came upstairs into my bedroom, starts screaming about what I did at the party, all these things, all these details. And here I am. I had never kissed a guy two months before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a slut. Yeah. And yelling at me, yelling at me, I'm just kind of obviously rattled, physically kind of shaking, but also trying to talk him down. And I remember saying, you know, can you lower your voice? 16, your babies. He storms out, slams the door so hard, my house shook. Goes home. I call my friend. I'm like, whoa, like what? Oh my gosh. I can't believe that person. Like what, what, what? Not, not even told him, but like, I just, I, I, I was in a, like, what just happened? I was going to tell him. My friend told him I'm a slut. Like what, like what is life? Yeah. The rug was just pulled out from under me. What is life? He calls my home because it's the only home <laughs> that I, phone number I have. You have a call waiting. Beep. I'm like, okay, okay, Laura, hold on. Beep. It's him you're a slut and I'm going to make sure everyone at school knows about uh. it. Click. I go back to Laura and I'm like, hey. <laughs> like, so uh, he thinks that I'm this and he's going to do that. Okay, cool. Can't wait to go to school tomorrow. Fuck. Like, are you freaking kidding me? So that was my first experience. Yeah. Go to school. What happened at school? Yeah. Oh, well, obviously he wanted people to take sides. I played a neutral party. I didn't make anyone do anything and there was no judgment or no anything. Hey guys, I understand. Shit hit the fan. If you want to be on team him, be on team him. I so love you. Like I remember wow. really being cool with like, I get it. I, like honestly, I did this, I did this bad thing. Bad, you know, bad girl. I did this bad thing. Wow, did that pick, really? Um... Pick a team and... You know, I, I was getting, he was throwing things at me in classroom. Wow. He, he was like spitballs and things and would get people that I didn't even really know to write things about me in desks. You know, like back in the day, yeah. desk and you yeah. etched it in. Yeah. 
Like I, I was just I, at that time, at that young age, I was already very aware that his actions were speaking louder about who he was than who I was. Well, that's but still, telling I you. was being publicly shamed Shame. and humiliated. Did I talk to my parents or sisters about it? Hell no. Like, I was so embarrassed. It wasn't like, okay, Meg, let's work through this. I was so ashamed. You know, maybe on another episode, I'll pull up some old journals because I was journaling then. But, um, but that was my first experience. And it's crazy how much we carry that with us. Like... That was just 20 was, years ago. Yeah, and that's like something I'm sure that's affected you. On Like the ripples have been continuing in that feeling of shame and not having anyone to turn to and not being able to express it. And that's the thing we were saying about this podcast, right? When we share our stories, it's healing for us and it's healing for others. Because like, like I've had people write to me about the stories we've shared and they're like... Oh my God, I've been carrying that for a year, the shame, the guilt about it. And now because I realize I'm not alone and other people go through it and you've forgiven yourself, like I can do that too. And it's just so sad that our sexual experiences, our first ones are like directly tied to shame. And and, and for everyone, I think just sexuality in general. Um, but it's really kind of impacted like our relationships and, and the consequence of social suicide for yeah. both of us. Yeah. You're saying like, you're the outcast. You've been mm-hmm. replaced. You've been replaced. Yeah, cheated on, replaced constantly. And for me, it was like, fr- like huge friend dynamics and even, um, skip to a number of years later. Um, I had one long-term boyfriend Um, maybe at like 18 to 20, great relationship. And I took a leap of faith. And that's how we ended our relationship is we went out West to visit my sister in Vancouver for a couple of weeks. He went back home here in Montreal and I stayed what was supposed to be for one more week. And then my friend who was living in Whistler said, Hey Meg, I have a bed. Do you want to stay for the summer? you know, 20 years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? But I'm a baby steps girl, right? Mm. I'm like, ah, can I do this? Ah. And so I canceled my flight home, called him from the top of a mountain. I remember (laughs) after a hike and called him and said, I'm not coming home. And then just had my summer. It was huge, huge, huge um, moment and experience for me that was very defining. Um, So that was one relationship that I, I committed to and took a leap of faith and there was no social suicide but I remember calling my mom, just bawling my eyes out before I told her what was happening. And she's like, what's up? Like she knew it was about my relationship. And it was just the tears of about, about to hurt somebody, mm. about to hurt somebody. Like, I, I, are you kidding me? Your girlfriend is calling you from across the country and you're just like, I'm not coming home. I was, like that weight. Oh my gosh, that weight. Talk about heavy shower cries. And I'd be like, the backpack I gave him that he loved so much, he's going to want to give it back to me. (laughs) You know, and just so, so, so sad. But then that next relationship, what I'm getting to, same pattern, Mm. same pattern, same pattern. And ah, it's like we're so wired from these first... So wired. It's crazy. So, So what would happen is I would, you know, I would, I would stray. Mm. I would have these tendencies to stray, often involving, you know, we've talked about your substance, how you how you use substance. And just last night at, you know, 4 a.m. when I was waking up, I really was like reflecting on my relationship with substance and realizing how I had used it for a sense of freedom and then the next day, the consequences would feel like shackles. Mm. And so I would take something, go somewhere, mm-hmm. be me, be free, <laughs> do things that I shouldn't have done. Next day, wake up and feel this weight and this heaviness and those shackles of the consequences. And either option one, don't say anything and be eaten up and always think that something you're going to find something out, no matter how big or small, we're not even talking all like the hugest thing, but like no matter what, just there's a secret. Now there's a secret within yourself that your partner doesn't know about. And now you're just, I, you're walking on thin ice. You, you could, 
they could find out at any moment and your life is over. So that's one option is to keep that. And some people can, and some people are good at compartmentalizing. But for me, it would just eat at me, eat at me. It wasn't like I felt proud. Oh, I did something. I have a secret and that person didn't find out. Cool. Yeah. It was like, holy shit. Well, you were punishing yourself also. That's another thing. So uh, there's something coming up. Uh, Do you want to Option two is telling them. Yeah. And owning and owning your story and facing this the consequence yeah. which is also very scary cuz guess what you don't really control the outcome so i've danced with both of those and neither of them uh, neither of them oh my gosh i mean i i just i would be completely lost completely scared and then as soon as that first time would happen i'd say yep Like, there's a pattern. Here we go again. Oh, you almost had it. You almost were super clean and super great and super confident and super honest. You know what's happening. So (laughs) (laughs) basically, we're both reliving our first experience, our first sexual experiences in order to heal them. So we keep recreating the pattern. They keep coming up for us and we keep going back there and... We don't see it when it's happening, but we're doing that. We're calling those experiences in because we want to have a different outcome. So we keep doing the same thing, hoping for a different outcome because we think that that will heal us. And in a sense, it's like we have to get out of the cycle, but we have to be the ones doing it. And that comes with how does it come with all the self-love work, the worthiness work, and like understanding where that's coming from on a deeper level. Like I just saw the pattern and I was like, wow. (laughs) And how do I get... How I would I would want freedom within myself, yeah. right? But then I would do these things, and you I was were, not free. I was not free your within shadows. myself. You were exploring so, your darkness, and and what and and the thing is with these relationships, what these guys would do to me, they would all tell me who I was, mm-hmm. and I and physically point a finger and say, Meg you're a party girl or you're, you're this person, you're this, you're that. And in my mind, I would try to fight it and say, I don't feel like a party girl. Like I don't, that's not even how I identify. I don't identify with a party girl. And then you're telling me who I am. And then, you know, my back would go against the wall and like, well, I'll prove you who I am and I'll be anyone you want me to be, you know, and I'm not that person. So who do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be? And And what was so soul shattering was that these people who I love dearly, you know, I've spent years with people that they would take the part of me that was my darkest, darkest part that I felt so ashamed of. I wasn't proud. And that's how they would define me. They would take that little tiny part that I felt so ashamed about. And that's who I became for them. And that was everything. And so I've learned now that I had so much shame around what I would do to someone who I claimed to love, who I really believed I love, and how that shame blocked my lesson and blocked me learning because then it just became about how ashamed I was and what could I do to make it up to you. And it was, it was soul shattering. So, you know, I, what I want to do for people is hold a space where they're not ashamed of sharing their darkness and how I understand how. (laughs) (laughs) How it's part of you, but having something be part of you doesn't mean that that's all you are and that's how you're defined. (sighs) It's part of you, but it's not how you're defined. And so that's something that I'm working on and how I have to now realize how I have to embrace that I did some things that I'm not proud of. I really did. And so the only way for me to get past that is to own what I did and own the hurt that I caused and to to be the whole self but like I'm just like honestly that takes first of all that takes (sighs) a ton of courage 
one, to like own up to that, to own it. And on the other hand, we also have to understand that no one is perfect and we all have darkness. It's like darkness and light. Like those two things exist in nature. They exist in the world. And that's the big problem is that we expect ourselves to be perfect, which is we're perfect as we are, the darkness and the light. And those are things that are there to teach us and there to elevate us and through that. And not everyone is willing to admit or admit these things publicly mind you good for you I, I think it's gonna I think it helps people it because does. a lot of I people y- like you heard <laughs> for sure and I'm sure you've like carried this alone you know and if you had heard someone talk about it and be like that, you're not a bad person for, for doing things and, and like processing shit in your own way you know thanks girl I love you and I I realized that you know I have so many notes my 4am <laughs> notes that if you're not for me, this was my context that I wasn't speaking my truth to myself, mm-hmm. which meant that I could not speak my truth to my partner, which meant that I was on the surface level betraying my partner. I was betraying my partner. Just going to say, but it's self-betrayal. But I was betraying myself. <laughs> Didn't want to take it from you, but I was just going to say I that. Was, I was like, these experiences, your experience, my experience has been layers and layers and layers of self-betrayal. And from the most trivial thing, like you can think that, you know, maybe having sex too soon or not speaking up, these things are like small, right? And we just kind of trivialize them and we don't realize the deep, deep of impact that it does have on our system and on ourselves. Like I'm realizing now, like my nervous system is so shot around this stuff. I have like physical, like <gasps> manifestations of it, you know, like it's taken me a really long time to heal my relationship to men in general, to be around them, to be in their presence. And it's not because necessarily because of them directly, like there is a lot of it, but it's that self betrayal. It's that not speaking up. It's that not owning who we are and not taking the time that we need, you know, not looking out side of ourselves and being like oh this is what it looks like to be in a relationship for me it was a lot of um giving my body up in the sense of like oh this is what they want maybe they'll see me after maybe we'll have a connection like I just wanted affection and I wanted all these things and I thought that it was a currency for that in a Mm -hmm. sense you know my body my sexuality was like oh like to be able to spend time with someone like this is this is the cost you know like I understood that like and that's dark to me you know and that it impacts you in a way that it's heavy you know like it's hard to sometimes even put into words and that's why sometimes I struggle um to really express in words the 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 because it's a feeling yeah and sometimes you can't put it into words yeah and you know I'm really understanding how there's only resolution when you own when you own your shadow mm-hmm. and and as a kid like you don't really see that modeled very often you don't see you know because parents have to tread lightly and they're always calculating you know what to show what to hide whatever but i i had never really been given a model of someone who had darkness and who wasn't just rattled with shame around rattled you know what's crazy though is that i'm not gonna do the whole man man, woman thing but i'm gonna kind of do it in the sense that like in, in our society like men have very visible shadows in the public eye and that's okay and you're like oh he overcame that but it's we don't have this model of women because they are shamed and they're slut shamed and they're this and they're that and it's like they're 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 um what's what's the expression like used goods or whatever like you know they're they're tossed to the side they're like ugh, they're not valid anymore they're not delicate pure women you know the virgin whore dichotomy and i think that's the problem is that we don't have models of women who have gone through shit owned it and like put it out there I think there's more of it because of social media but I still think like collectively it's like men are celebrated for you know like all the like tortured artists all the the womanizing men it's like it's still it's still celebrated and I think that's part of it I I I hear you and I just like I for me I part of my purpose honestly in this world is for giving people that space. And I was, and I am thinking of a man. Mm-hmm. And 
how you see it, no matter how much you offer space for them to, to release the shame and guilt around their shadows, no matter how much you hold the space, it's up to them. Yeah. It's up to them to release that. So, you know, we're all on our own journeys. Um, but I think that growing up around, <laughs> you know, seeing people with shadows has, has taught me the opposite of what my experience was in terms of dating is that you're not defined by those shadows and, and to release that shame and guilt, but my gosh, it's heavy fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, but I think the point is also I'm to just kind of yeah. in my own, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, uh, but I think like, I I'm curious to see. Okay. So that was, that was like our twenties, let's say, or, or into like thirties, thirties, like a big part of our life. Like, I know that my view on everything and my understanding of it has really shifted. Yeah. Really shifted with this whole like consciousness, um, this whole self-awareness, this whole uh, awakening I feel that I've had in the last couple of years, I've really healed the way that I view the masculine and I've been in awe of it a lot of the time and kind of understanding how what I was judging or in myself and in men was the shadow masculine. You know, it was that toxic masculinity that is, you know, very prevalent in our culture, but I've come to see it differently and understand the need for the balance between the two and just in terms of how to relate to men and like using my voice has been really the big thing and honoring myself and and just oh my god it's so different it's so different to realize that first of all the our sexuality how it can be used first for ourselves and then in relation to a partner those things. I don't know. I felt like only recently have I felt empowered truly by being single. And it's funny because I've had a lot of friends that have been, um, you know, going through breakups or, or, or things like that. And one of my friends told me, she's like, oh, you're like such the, the like poster girl for like the single empowered woman. And it's so funny because in the past that was like my biggest like shame. And then it became something that I felt truly like, like, oh, this is my thing in a sense that, like, I'm able to stand alone. Like, I'm able to to pursue my passions and, like, be there for myself. Like, I have a good support system around me, too. It's, like, friends and family and stuff. But I've really, like, forged my own path and kind of, like, didn't wait around for for something or like settle for something or, or I spent a lot of time healing myself, you know, that and building that trust and value within yourself. Yeah. And I think that you know, that's why you're so in tune with the beyond and why you explore all the modalities and dimensions that you do to kind of build that own support system within yourself. I mean, these are untangible things, you yeah. know, call it whatever you like, spirit, soul, whatever. Um, you, you, it's a feeling and you need to look beyond often I find and I know that I've gone through a massive leveling up and spiritual awakening over these last couple years and I didn't have that when shit was really hitting the fan mm. in the past um I I had this was even before podcasts, right? Podcasts are like fucking church, right? Yeah. Now oh, you yeah. listen to it, whatever you want, and you're 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 there. You hear it, man. Podcasts have helped me through so many difficult times, like the comfort zone story there, the one that I went to to LA. Like I would go to there was one podcast that was like really carrying me through it when I was like in a really dark time. Totally, I know. Yeah, and so back then when I was really going through stuff, it was more TED talks books, therapy, but, um, but I wasn't on this kind of expanded level that I feel like I am now. Um, and I just, you know, I don't know how to encourage people to look within or look out there, but to build <laughs> that kind of, you know what I've been doing? I've just been like saying how I feel and yeah. it's been huge. I realized that I never did that like in the moment to be like, how do I feel right now when I'm engaging with a guy too? Like 
I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I feel like this. And just saying it out loud and like tapping into your heart. I feel like that's also the big lesson that came from like looking back was that my big thing was I was completely disconnected from my heart and my emotions and my truth. I didn't voice it. I had shame around all that stuff. And now in the later years, I feel so empowered by saying things, even that before, you know, I work in lingerie and like there's a lot of people that are, you know, very open sexually and they share their stories with me. And I'm super curious about that stuff but after going to Burning Man and like being exposed to a lot of this very open sexuality it made me realize like I'm like like right now in my life I'm like looking for monogamy you know and that's something I could never express before I had so much shame about being like I wanted to be the cool girl you know like to 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 commit to that within yourself and say, okay, I'm not going to be scared. And a lot of people are scared to commit to something because they're afraid of failure. And especially if you put it into words or put into writing or put it just out there now, uh uh-oh, I'm committed. And if it doesn't happen, ding, ding, failure, failure, fail, you know, and we're just like wired for that. Um, And, you know, being, being driven from the heart is so powerful. I mean, that's why I, you know, left this last thing that we started talking about is because it wasn't connecting with my heart's purpose. And I I know that that can kind of sound like light and fluffy, you know, but really, if you're ready for that life phase, you do need to respect that. And if someone tells you otherwise, well, then you have a choice either. Okay. You don't engage with that person or they're not really in your close circle or whatever, but don't let other people kind of, you know, devalue what you're feeling. Um, I, I, when you were talking about the heart, you know, I'm always so (laughs) visual in my head, um, how you weren't connecting to your heart and your feelings. I, I was, sometimes it's, it's too overwhelming to connect to yourself because of the pain and shame that that part has. So it's, you want to block it out because it's coping. I can't go there. I can't go there. And that's what poisons you. You have to let it out. For me, it was so shameful. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? Because I felt like the wrongdoer. Yeah. Do you know how many movies, shows, books, everything are revolved around a relationship and someone fucks up and that person is just evil and Mm -hmm. bad and move on with your life? Oh, that's me. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So now I'm seeing it in pop culture. I'm seeing it in every love song. I'm seeing it in every, everywhere. No kidding. That's just going to keep driving, driving it home for me. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. And so I'm picturing a heart and I'm picturing, you know, a corner of that heart, just dark and black. And so your heart is not whole. Your heart is not whole when you're holding on to that dark black little corner. It's mm. probably, it could be a big corner. It could be a little tiny little corner. And you literally, physically, spiritually, whatever, need to shine light on that little corner in order to be whole. That's how you heal. You shine light on the shadows. You bring it to the surface, but you have to acknowledge, address it, and you then let it go. have to acknowledge it. It's so scary. So then I think that all these years, what we've been doing is we've been getting strong enough to go there, to get that fucking flashlight and go there into that little tiny corner of that darkest, deepest, scary cave. Man, that was my 2019. It was just like shadow work, like going into the ugliest sides of myself. When you were speaking, I felt so grateful because actually um, I had an experience where my most like ugh, disgusting side of myself like I was disgusted with myself like came out uh something with my sister and she saw like the darkest side of me and to be seen in that light and to still be loved is magical you know and I'm so 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 grateful that I ha- that I have that like I'm very lucky like I have my sister's like my best friend you know and she's like really she's probably crying right now <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's listening to my podcast she's like I hear you talk enough thank you <laughs> um but uh no it's crazy also what 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 allowing ourselves to be seen in that darkness can do for us you're so so right like, and I was always so scared because for me 
to go there. And I tried, I would go there. I would, I would speak my truth in terms of what I did. And I would just be, I would just be so scared. And of course that person had a hard time holding that space for me because that was a different relationship dynamic. So it wasn't, you know, your sister from birth, it wasn't blood. It was, it revolved around this romantic, trusting, monogamous connection. So I, I had no space like that in those times. I wasn't holding it for myself and no one else was holding it for me. Um, so that is, it is really powerful. But and that's e- also been, that was also like quite, like that was like a year ago. That's mm-hmm. not even a year ago, like six months ago, let's say. Um, but we've both done so much work on ourselves and like been yeah. also responsible for our own emotions. And she's been through a lot. So we've, I think we were both also at a level where we, she was able to hold that for me in a way that I think when you're like in a relationship and you're young and you're, you know, if the other, like both people need to kind of be there at the same level. I think we often, we do pick people that are our vibrational match, right? That's what we attract. So if we're not there, we can't expect them to be there. And I think that's, we still learn through those experiences. Are you kidding me? I'm so grateful. For sure. I'm so grateful. The pain. And the thing is with these patterns, I would ask myself, like Meg, why are you doing this over and over again? Why? You are in so much pain. I can't even put into words how much pain I would feel. So much pain. Why are you hurting yourself? 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 Do I not deserve love? Yeah. You know, on the surface, mm-hmm. I feel like I do, you know? Surface, conscious level. Right? And then the subconscious is still there gnawing at us, like 100%. But, okay, you feel that, I know you've shifted so much now. Like how, how do you feel those changes? Like how do you feel about being single now? Oh, I feel, I feel really good. I feel really good because I've got, (laughs) I've got a clean, you know, I've got a clean slate girl. (laughs) I've got a clean slate. And I had to even have a conversation with, um, with my mom and say, you know, I want, I want you to be proud of who I am. I don't know if I've shared this here before. I want you to be proud of who I am and not just what I do, Yeah. you know, and trust that, feel proud that I have built so much trust within myself that I'm willing to go the hard road um, and just follow my heart. And so right now I feel confident and really and really good about the lessons that I have actually learned because in the past I was not learning. Mm-hmm. I was not learning. And, uh, and it's so powerful to own your stories. And I feel, I feel like that's what's going on. You know, once you own it and you're like, yeah, this is my, this is, this could be my past. This could be things that I've done, but I've learned from them and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Like how powerful is that? And what I just was like, preach the other day when I heard this step out of your history and into your destiny, step out of your history and into your destiny. The past does not dictate the future. It's part of it. It teaches you, but it doesn't necessarily mean because it didn't happen in the past. It doesn't have to happen the same way. And we have that power. You got to where you are today because of what happened and because of the past. But then just keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. Don't live your life in this rear view mirror, which yeah. I did. Because do you know why? Because I, des- I, I told myself I deserved mm. the pain. So I would stay in a pain state because I caused so much hurt to someone else. So yes, I'm also team hate Meg. I'm also team hurt Meg. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So I'm going to stay here and I am going to keep reliving and reliving and looking back and looking back yeah. and not telling anyone because I'm embarrassed and all the things you got to love all sides of yourself. And that's the <gasps> thing. And it's so freeing because we've all done shit. We've all done fucked up shit. Every single one of us, you know, we've all made huge mistakes. We've all hurt people. And that's part of being human. And it's, and you learn from it and you do your best. You know, I know it's, it's, it's exciting to figure out how to navigate that, you know, not being defined by your shadows. Yeah. Part, you know, and but it's really exciting because 
I feel like now we're like we're ready to embark on this journey and like have the types of relationships that we want and we know that we're worthy of you know and I think that was the big thing before I didn't think I was worthy of anything more and now it's like fuck okay but it's yeah and so also before we could pull a little card, yes. um, <laughs> it's building that safety and security within yourself, right? Always. So in the past, I never felt secure and safe. Not not just because of the consequences, being scared of the consequences of what I did, but just the relationship that we built. It would never felt completely safe and secure. And I remember even just a tie in a Valentine's day, someone made a gesture for me that was public for Valentine's. And because I didn't reciprocate in the same way, they withdrew Mm, that, that public gesture and they took it down. Yes. Oh, great. So where does that leave me? Yeah. So you have to, well, that's another thing that comes up, right? This feeling that if you're receiving, you have to give like an equal amount and just this like pressure, you know, even if you're not ready or you're not feeling it or you're not sure, you know, not pushing ourselves beyond those points is really important. And those little things are self-betrayals, you know, and it's catching yourself. And if you do it, you can still turn back. Like it's never too late. That's a big one. Cause I feel like we shame ourselves. We're like, I made a mistake. I'm fucked now, but it's like, no, like, okay, maybe you didn't listen to yourself. Okay. Next time. Okay. Or you could go back and talk to that person and say, Hey, like I didn't feel super comfortable. Can we like take a step back or can we talk about it? Asking for help, asking for that safety, asking for the person to be there with you. Like these are all things that we can do that we feel scared of doing because we're like oh we're going to be judged like we're not tough enough or we're like you know the more you lean into it then the more you build that strength and confidence and you build intimacy and connection with the other person because you're being real and if they don't respond and reciprocate then you know like there's nothing to build here you can't build it because what you Walk were building away. before was not the full real no. you. And you know that. You, you know, know that. Know. But we get so scared. <laughs> we get so scared. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I know. I feel like this is all happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it. <sighs> you want to pull a card? Yeah, I'm pulling a card. What do we need to know about all this? All this good stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on. Cards are falling. Cards are flying. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mary Magdalene, unconditional love. Love yourself, others, in every situation, no matter what the outward appearances may be. I'm dead. So this Mary Magdalene is like... Should I cry for the ninth time on this podcast? Yeah, probably because this card... Someone out there is going gonna, is gonna to laugh about this. So I haven't shut up about Mary Magdalene for the last like year, let's say. Um, but she's really been coming up a lot lately as well. And she's really symbolic of a misunderstood person. You know, she was called a whore. There are certain stories that say she was actually like a uh, high priestess of sex magic. But anyways, that's a whole other story. But she was actually... Um, Jesus's confidant and she was labeled a whore so that women, you know, wouldn't be in a power position because women were super powerful and especially being connected to your sexuality was very, very powerful. So the church decided they wanted to like, bam, cut that. Anyways, she became the symbol of a misunderstood woman. So not to judge based on appearances and to have love and compassion this is like your I'm story. I'm like looking at you. Well, you I know. Uh, this is like, this is us. I know. <laughs> you know, this is, but it's like such a, it's like so symbolic of like women, yeah. you know, in general, like being shamed, being judged and being misunderstood. And in the end, it's all about just loving yourself and having compassion and not judging others as well. You know, like understanding everyone's on their own journey. I, I was that. able to hold that space for others but I was never able to hold that space for myself. Now you can. (laughs) 
And now we hold space for each other and for others. And it's beautiful. And for others. We had to go through that to be able to understand what it's like and to be able to offer like our gifts of what we've learned through that. You know, like, and I know I ended up in lingerie because I was disconnected from that. And it's led me to here now where I'm going into the spirituality, the sensuality and understanding the power and magic of that. And I'm so grateful for every experience and every dis feeling of discomfort, shame, all that stuff, because it connects me to others. You know, I understand now and I have compassion and I feel like I, I really have a lot to share. And so do you. And we've been through all that. And this is what this is all about. This episode <laughs> is very, very cathartic for me and yeah. very healing. And yeah. I'm very grateful for you, Aww. this platform <laughs> for Mary Magdalene. And now I have more confidence and coming from an authentic truthful place to help people shine light on their shadows because i just did for me thanks for tuning in hanging out and being part of this self-love journey with us we're in this together self-compassion is a practice but through embracing your whole self you pave the way for so much growth Using our voices and connecting through our stories empowers us and each other. Be part of the movement and spread the word by screenshotting this episode, sharing it on Instagram, and tagging at BedTalksThePodcast. You can also rate, subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you. Bed Talks is a WRG media production recorded in the historic RCA building in St. Henry, Montreal. See you next time for more Bed Talks with your girls, Megan Sabrina. 